Hi, everybody. This is Keith, Music Man Henlick, and I am on the Final and Vinyl podcast with Peter Sterling, whose albums I've covered over the years, most recently Mystic Voyager, which was released on June 2nd of this year. Well, Peter. Hey, Keith. Keith, good to be here with you today. Keith, Music Man. I love that. I love that, I love that moniker for you. <laughs> it's great. Oh, good to have you. Uh, you know, it's a lot of artists like you that I've been covering over the years, never had a chance to talk to, and that's opportunities presented itself over the last few years, which is nice. So I appreciate it. It is nice. This is, I believe, the first time I've come on a on a call with you, and I, mean, I believe you've been reviewing my music for probably at least fifteen years, maybe even twenty. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started back in nineteen ninety eight, so it's been a while. There you yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what I found interesting um, was the fact that you play harp and you were able to be so eclectic um, mm-hmm. with your releases and with the most recent one, of course, Mystic Voyager. Um, it, it's not the kind of instrument you see a lot of people releasing music on. Um, right. You know what I mean? It's it's rare that it's a lead in, you know, instrument. And yep. I, I just... I just think what you do is is very unique. It's beautiful. And uh, the way you presented it with the different styles mixed in with jazz and world and all that, it just very captivating, you know? Yeah. I'm glad you received in that way. You know, I, I do have this, this side to me where I, I like to be eclectic. I love smooth jazz. I love world music. I love classical symphonic music. I have a pretty broad taste myself and uh and also from my uh, world travels um uh, I love to infuse that into my music. So sometimes I have the uh, these albums that are kind of an eclectic mix. Uh the couple previous albums were more kind of on a similar kind of um feel throughout but this one you're right it was different and it was just the way this collection came together like one of the songs i had been working on for i initially recorded five years ago uh track number four called across the great divide and i was just kind of sitting there wait couldn't it was like an orphan for for years and over the time i had to just do a lot of work on it kept kind of changing and morphing into kind of new versions of itself so that one was five years and then a couple of the other songs actually emerged during the lockdown the pandemic when at the height of it when everybody was huddled in their house and um i just experimented with some what i would say experimental tracks kind of like uh cosmic lover which is the third song on the album very i haven't done anything quite like that before very unique but people are loving that song and um so yeah and then it just kind of they just kind of fit together like a puzzle it wasn't like i had a concept for mystic voyager but it was like i had a collections of songs that just all seemed to fit together and then the name came mystic voyager and voila here we are <laughs> so the the name Mystic Voyager is this, does that relate to what you just said about traveling around the world, and you've had these mystical experiences, or it was something else yeah. that inspired that? Right. Well, in essence, it's it's like an aspect of myself, but perhaps it's an aspect of all of us because on some level, 
we're all kind of voyaging into the mystic, into this, you know, life experience here on planet Earth. There's definitely a mystical side to to being here and to 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 the experience here. So I think on one level it was a personal, like when you look at the album cover, it has a silhouette of a of a person standing up looking at this kind of almost great kind of altar, a kind of cathedral type of structure of lights and crystals and everything. So on one point I look at that and that's kind of like me because there's been aspects of my life that have been kind of like that. And then I always say that on a, on a quantum level, you know, we, that's a part of all of us. Yeah. I love that cover. Um, it looks very, yeah. to, to me, it's like futuristic yet ancient at the same time, like an ancient temple. And, you know, it's like a portal there. You're going somewhere else. I mean, that's right. I would look at it, you know. That's exactly right. I, I also see it like the mystic Voyager is he's approaching a sacred altar and he's going to walk up the steps and there there's a, a pillar of light that is a portal. And, um mm. He's going to kind of transcend uh, to to a higher dimension, perhaps. And I think that's what the music is like. You know, when you uh, um, my records, I always love it when you know I create them. Of course, like a lot of artists, where they're designed to just listen in totality from beginning to end. You know, sit there for forty eight minutes, forty nine minutes, and just take it all in as a as a full experience and. And my music, I also create it so it has a very visual component. So when you close your eyes and listen, it can be very evocative and elicit all sorts of imagery in the mind's eye and the imagination. And and as I'm creating in the studio, I'm kind of seeing all of these different aspects, the different kind of sonic textures and sounds and voices that are, are in the song that elicit a certain kind of visual response. That's kind of like I was just reading this book about the concept of synesthesia. For so your listeners who are not familiar, synesthesia is the, the, the concept that music can create imagery in the mind. And indeed, that's what my mm. music does. Yeah. Absolutely does, yes. And, excuse me, especially with uh, instrumental music, you know, uh, right. it, allows right. you, it allows, you to, allows you to do that quite easily. And, you know, when it's new age music mixed in with different genres, it's even more interesting, you know, and that's, that's what you present, what I love so much. Now, being that this is the final on vinyl, do you have a vinyl collection um, at home that you've had over I, the years? Well, I used to, but I don't anymore, you know. I... I used to have my prized vinyl collection with my really cool turntable and one of my stereos in years gone by, but now everything is so streamlined, you know, I mean, I still have a CD. I do not have vinyl anymore, and but I have been considering pressing my, my albums on vinyl. It's something I've been looking at because there is uh, like a renaissance happening with vinyl. Uh, right now and for collectors and stuff. So I've thought about, I've looked at doing that, but it hasn't happened yet. Oh, I hope you do. I, I always ask everybody, you know, in, in new age and in, in the community here, why don't you put it out on vinyl? It would be amazing. You know, it really would. And well, especially my, one of my, yeah. 
Well, thank you for that uh, encouragement. I guess one of the things, of course, with an album of my length, it would have to be in two, it would have to be a two record set, of course, because uh, one record can't hold that much sound. It can only hold, I think, about 30 minutes total. So I'd have to have a second album, which isn't necessarily a problem. You just change the, change the album, put on the, the second part, right? Right. And some albums that come out today, um, I don't know if you've seen them, but um, if they don't have enough, they might do an etching on the fourth side. They have enough for three full sides, but that fourth right. side, instead of just throwing in garbage or outtakes, they'll do like right. a really cool etching of, of, of a logo or something. So do a lot oh, of different okay. cool things. Yeah. Oh, and kind the of like colors. a laser etching. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks yeah. for that, that tip. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> well, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, um, when did you start playing the harp, you know, and, and how did that interest come up? Right. Well, it's kind of an unusual story. I mean, as you were saying at the beginning of our conversation, how there's not many harpists, there's not not many people putting out harp albums and kind of the new age. There's a few, there's a few, um, but uh, I'm really one of the only guys around any, anymore um, doing this. I mean, Andreas Vollenweider is around, but in essence, there's not very many of us. And when I first started playing, it, it came to me in a series of visions, Keith, gosh, 35 years ago now, 33 years ago. And actually, this is my 30-year anniversary of the release of my first album this year. So my first album, Harp Magic, came out in 19... 19- uh, 93. And uh, I recorded here in Sedona, Arizona, where I live today, where I'm talking to you from. And uh, But it started in a series of visions. I was drawn to Sedona. I came here in the late 80s. And um, I just immersed myself in the nature and the backcountry here. And and being an avid outdoorsman, I just love to hike by myself. And I'll hike into the, into the ancient canyons and explore the ruins and and uh, Sedona is known for its, you know, energy vortexes and multidimensional portals that people come from all over the world. And I'm a guide here. I have a Jeep tour company and I, uh, for many years, and um, I, I take people out to the secret spots in my Jeep. And I do my sound healing work on the land with the, with the harp. I carry a small harp with me that is played by the wind and it creates this angelic tone and I bring a crystal bowl and tuning forks and I do create a whole sound experience out on the red rocks of Sedona. But in essence, I take people to the place where it all began for me all those years ago when I was actually living in my Volkswagen camper van and I was on my spiritual vision quest, you know, and, and I was just a seeker and I was wanting to know, you know, why am I here and what's my mission and, all these big questions, and I was just guided to release all my material possessions, get a Volkswagen camper van, because I was going to be led on this kind of journey to discover, you know, who I am, why am I here? And but the thing, the main thing for me, Keith, was as I was guided, was to immerse myself in the exquisite silence that exists in the canyons, and especially in those days, it was more quiet than it is now. But but it's still there, mm-hmm. and there's this presence, this silence. So. My, my guidance is like, just sit in silence and there you will discover what it is you seek. And so that's what I did. And I just 
spent every day pretty much out in the wilderness and was able to meditate several times a day and just sitting, sitting and listening to silence is what I call. But so ultimately what happened when I got really still and went into kind of these um, profound states of awareness, kind of transcendental states where, and I went through a lot of, you know, just powerful spiritual experiences, like an initiation leading up to this, but I got real quiet. Then I started to hear, like, I thought I heard some, some music, like the subtle strains of some sort of music that was kind of floating in the wind. And I thought maybe somebody was out in the forest out somewhere playing, you know, on a portable stereo, maybe some classical music that I was in the distance. But then I realized, no, that's not what this was, that I was hearing something kind of carried on the wind, but it was, it was in the sounds of nature, like the, like the rustling of the leaves and the little trickling of the stream and the bird song that created this kind of sound of nature that was like the portal in the silence where uh, all of a sudden I heard this music and it was like, it was like nothing I had ever heard before. It was, it had a beauty and I realized that I was tuning in to the inner music that many of the mystics and the saints have spoken about throughout the ages. And I was aware of that, especially in my, you know, lifelong yoga practice and studying, you know, the mantras and the, 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 the science of sound in the yoga tradition. So I was aware of the, the, the inner sound. And all of a sudden here I was having an experience of it. But but this was this was like the angelic choirs and the the celestial symphony of the universe with the angels singing, and it was like it was amazing and it was so powerful, and through that connecting with the sound, I was I went on a journey like into another dimension. The sound was the vehicle that carried me in my awareness, and I was taken up into the light, and I I saw I saw the angels like I was surrounded. It was like a heavenly vision with this beautiful sound and I actually wrote about this whole story in my book called hearing the angels sing a true story of angelic assistance where I chronicle the whole thing that happened to me. It was quite a, quite an adventure tale, but ultimately what it was, I heard the angelic music when I was in the silence of Sedona's canyons, the angels appeared and through a series of events and contact with them, and tuning into them, they revealed to me that my mission was to play the harp and to be a channel for that heavenly sound on the harp. Uh, and wow, you know, I was like, I wasn't even a musician, really. I just I had a Native American flute I played and carried out in the canyons with me. But music wasn't a big part of my life. But then all of a sudden I was given this mission by the angels to play the harp. And they said they would teach me and we would work together to bring a special music for this time on planet earth for, as they showed me, you know, like the dawning of the golden age, the long, you know, prophesied thousand years of peace, you know, and that many traditions speak about. So I was like, whoa, you know, at first I couldn't believe what I was hearing, but Eventually, I realized that indeed this was really happening, and I finally said, "You know, I don't have anything else going. I guess I'll give this a try." And sure enough, like within a week, a harp, small harp, came into my life, and I took it out into the forest with me, and would take out this little magic harp and just put my hands to the string, and my hands literally just 
began to play. It was like I knew what I was doing, and it, it all happened so quickly. And 10 months later, without any formal lessons, I recorded my first record here in Sedona, Harp Magic, and that went on to get discovered by an international record label that I signed a, a distribution deal with, and they remastered my original cassette tape into a CD and started distributing it all over the world. And uh, three months after it was released, that album was nominated for a, a Naird Indie Award for String Album of the Year. That was like the Indie Awards were like the baby Grammys back then. So it was just it was just amazing how how quickly it happened, Keith. And then I started getting all these letters from people telling me just amazing testimonials of what listening to, to this music did for them, like the visions they would have, the healings they would have, and just the most beautiful letters from people. So it, it just got off to this really incredible start. And then, you know, I've just been doing it ever since. And now I've just released my 16th album and, and you know things are, are going well. It just continues to to get out to the world, and people are discovering my music. And I've been recognized a lot in the last couple of years. I've won several awards, and so that's been real gratifying as well. That's an amazing story, Peter. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I really connected with it immediately because I'm uh, probably my second year now. I'm studying Buddhism, and right. what you said was the quiet. Um, what they refer to as the emptiness and getting rid of all your material things, the attachments in life that make us suffer. And it all all was all clicking when you're talking like, wow, this conversation was definitely meant to be. (laughs) That's for sure. Well, well, the Buddhism has been a big influence on my life. I, I, I've had several experiences with the Dalai Lama and really kind of immersed in Tibetan Buddhism. And so I'm very aware of the concept of emptiness. And that that was something I was into before I played the harp. So that was part of my spiritual path was just tapping in to that emptiness, to that state of the absolute consciousness, you know, in the here and now, in the, in the, in the, eternal moment of now, you know, be here now and tap into the zero point of your own consciousness. And that's, that was the journey that I went on. And I, you know, Sedona really facilitated that for me um, because of the energy field here that it's, you step into these, these strong electromagnetic fields that, you know, make it real easy to tap in, to, to connect with that, the kind of trans- transcendental state. I love bringing people to the sacred places here out on the land and just sitting and listening to silence with my clients and, you know, facilitating a, a sacred experience out there. It's, I, I enjoy that so much. Well, you found the answer. You found out why you came here to this earth and uh, you got your answers. The angels sang to you, you know, and you heard the music and, to, mm-hmm. The way you play is just so beautiful. I'm like, he had to have lessons like at three years old. That's how I had to start, right? Like <laughs> right. most people will tell you that, right? Yeah, I mean, they maybe took piano lessons when I was five. Right. I hated it, and I picked up the guitar, and the rest is history, right? right? <laughs> Not with you. Totally different. Well, wow. you're right. Uh, I'm completely self-taught for the most part. You know, I took a lesson here and there. Many years ago, it's been a, it's been a long time, but basically, for the most part, I was self-taught, 
and I just play by ear, by feel, and I really don't know any much music theory at all. It drives some of my music friends crazy because I have like, you know, I have this own way of even creating my own notation. Like when I do performances with other musicians, I have to learn some music and I have just kind of my own way of writing it so I can understand what I'm to do. And, but I, you know, with like the guidance was I asked, like maybe I should really study music, you know, once I got into it and really learned theory. But like this higher source of the angels, they told me, I said, no, that's, that's what makes my music have the unique quality is that it's it just comes from my heart, strictly really from my intuition. And it's the way I approach it and bring it through that makes it so unique and the quality that it has that is so healing and magical, I think. Very interesting. It's, it's a great story, and uh, I'm glad we had an opportunity to talk after all these years. <laughs> Me and, too. Uh, well, you have to, to you have to come out you have to come out to Sedona one of these days, uh, Keith, and uh, we'll take you out in a jeep to one of these uh, incredible canyon vistas up on a, a panoramic, uh, you know, on a ledge with a panoramic view of the the canyons here and the silence, and I'll just sit you down there and you can have a have a listening into silence experience here. It's amazing. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Well, it's been my pleasure to speak to you, Peter, and thank you for your time. And um, I will definitely go back and add this interview to your review and uh, get the word out about this interview via the Facebook groups like I normally do tonight. And uh, hopefully we can continue to work together as the years go on here. I hope so, too, Keith. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to to chit-chat with you for a little bit. Yes, it has, uh, as well with you. Thank you so much. Take care. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye.